0: Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to continue talking about ruling and reigning. Have you been ruling and reigning? Are you have you been ruled and reigned over? Anybody the devil beat up this week, don't hold up your hand. Cuz I know that's what he wants to do. But we have the victory. Amen. We have the victory. My my mama and my grandmother used to call the devil O'slufoot. They wouldn't even give him the the honor of saying his name it's a old slewfoot well we've been given a name that's above every name amen. Amen. and old slewfoot has to obey that name right. amen amen so let's go to our key scripture that we've been going to every time romans 5 i hope you know where that is it's, i hope it's kind of Marked in your Bible there. Romans five, verse seventeen. And all of Romans, I told you last week you should be reading all of Romans. Praise the Lord. Romans five, verse seventeen. For if by the transgression of the one death reigned through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, who has received an abundance of grace? Thank you. We have. Oh, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you again because you need to know you've received an abundance of grace. Grace, what is grace? Grace is, well, a simple explanation, but there's so much more to it. But it is the ability to do what you can't do god's ability in you to do what you can't do amen grace undeserved favor you don't deserve god's grace i don't deserve god's grace nobody deserves god's grace but god gives it to us freely and this is an abundance of grace listen you don't get just a sprinkling of grace you get an abundance we got some weird sounds up here guys whoa <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord i'll just keep talking i guess hope it's not going to be recorded like that that would be the time to shake your head yes or no oh i get this that is not good father help us get our sound system right in jesus name amen So it says we receive an abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. How many know you can't earn righteousness? You can't make yourself righteous. You can't pray enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't give in the offering enough. You can't be on every uh, outreach enough to earn righteousness. Because the Bible says that our righteousness, ours... Is as filthy rags, filthy rags. Now, I, I because of mixed company, I won't explain exactly what that filthy rags is. But that's, I'm talking filthy rags. What the literal translation is, but it doesn't matter because it says our righteousness is as of filthy rags. So the best you can be is way below what you are in Christ. Amen. You know, when I was I was a teenager, I was raised in church. I wasn't born again. We didn't we didn't, we weren't taught to be born again. Uh, we were taught that we were Christians, we were born Christians, we died Christian. Just be a good person. How many went to a church like that? You you just thought, well. You know, I used to tell the Baptist boys that would ask me on dates and they would always want to get me born again. And I'd say, well, it's too bad you're Baptist because we're already going to heaven. I don't know why you Baptists have that extra step, being born again. Well, I didn't know anything about the Bible, did I? Because Jesus said, you must be born again. He didn't say, if you're a Baptist, you must be born again. He said, you must be born again. And so I didn't know that. But my point was, is I lived a Christian life, even though I wasn't born again. I, I was very popular in school, but I didn't I didn't do the things the other kids did. I didn't do the drugs. I didn't do all this stuff. So I lived a Christian life, a righteous life, even without the Lord. I mean I had because I had godly parents, I had godly uh I it was more I was more afraid of my daddy than I was of God. Because if I did and it wasn't I was my daddy never hit me ever. Uh my my uncle said my daddy wore out more belts pulling them out to threaten to spank me, but he never touched me. Now my mama spanked me lots. But my daddy never did, but I had it in my heart that I never wanted to disappoint my daddy. So I would be good just because I didn't want to disappoint my daddy. Because I think, you know, I would make decisions as a teenager. Well, if I do that, that's going to disappoint my daddy. Now, I could have said if I do that, my mama's going to spank me. But it was more I didn't want to disappoint my daddy. And so it wasn't until I was 20 years old and there was, i tell you what it was. There was problems in the church. And uh, they met, there was a division in the church because the pastor wanted to, was preaching at a black church. And they said, if you go preach at that black church, we're going to stop paying your salary. And he had two little kids. And he said, well, I've got to obey God. I'm going to go preach. So me and my mama went to that church. We were the only other white people except our pastor. And uh, we went to that church and cheered him on. And my mama who was a widow making uh, uh, minimum wage working in a hot warehouse in Texas she paid that pastor's salary. Now she didn't pay him as much as he was making but she she kept food on their table a widow woman. You know why God still got that widow woman alive today and she's living in a nice place right now is because she took care of the man of God. Amen? She did. But This is the thing what I'm gonna say is when I saw that hatred rise up in the church people, that's when I made a decision. Okay, well then I why am I trying to be good? I'll just be like them. Now isn't you you listen to that and say, why would you choose that? Because I was stupid. (laughs) Why'd you make some of the choices you made? You were stupid. Now I'm not saying you are stupid, but the, we made stupid choices because we weren't thinking right. Because you can't think right without the mind of Christ, you think wrong thoughts. And so, at 20 years old, that's when I went the way of the world, and was that until uh, January of 18th, 1974? I was almost 24 years old, and I got born again. Praise the Lord. But when I went back for my 10-year high school reunion, I wanted to tell all my friends I'm born again. I wanted to lead them all to the Lord. (laughs) You know how that is. It's like, hallelujah, I can't wait to get back and tell them. And they all said, well, you were always a Christian. Like, what's the difference? That's how you were. And I had to explain to them, no, I was just a good person. But the thing is, if I had died, I would have gone to hell because I'd never asked Jesus to be my Lord. So that was, that was depending on our own righteousness. Amen? How many know that there's a lot of good people that think that all is well, but they haven't ever received Jesus, and they need the gospel preached to them, because if they don't, they'll go to hell. Do you know there's people that were good people on earth that are in hell today? Because it's not your goodness that gets you into heaven or keeps you out of hell. It's a simple thing. You must be born again. Period. Zilch. Nothing else. Alone. Amen. Through Christ alone. And it's by grace you are saved. By faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. Amen. Amen. But it's a free gift. And so he says that we will rule and reign in life through Jesus Christ out of that abundance of grace and out of that gift of righteousness. Amen? So we're supposed to be reigning in life. But now let me tell you, many times we're doing okay and then we have a situation in our life. Uh, I know uh, someone who had one of their children die and all of a sudden they change their doctrine. You know what I mean? Sometimes we'll change what we believe according to our experience. Listen, that's dangerous territory. Because you, this is this is the only this is the only true word of God. I mean, the Bible. I mean, we have different translations. But the Bible is the only thing, not my experience. Amen. When David went to heaven and we had believed in God that he was going to live and not die, you know what? I could have stood up here and changed my doctrine, couldn't I? And said, well, now Jesus does, you know, take some of them home and da-da-da-da. But what happened with David didn't change the word of God. The word of God remains. So I had to go to God and say, okay, you tell me what happened. Because I am not changing what I believe, because I believe the word. I'm not changing that to match what happened in my life. And you know what? God was good, wasn't he? He told us what happened. He told us that Pastor David uh, started seeing into heaven. Once you see heaven, it's real hard to want to stay on the earth. And the pool of heaven. Heaven was pooling. And he... He didn't mean to go to heaven. He just stepped over. And once he was over, he didn't want to come back. And I don't blame him. But also God told me that he had finished his course. He had done what he was supposed to do. And so we were trying to judge it by what we knew. How many know that God's smarter than us? But listen, God didn't, didn't take David. He received David. But he didn't take him. And God didn't, as, as I read some of these things, I always have to just laugh. And I, it's sad because this is what people believe, really. God didn't need another flower in his bouquet. Dear Lord. God, who can make every flower imaginable, you think he's going to kill babies, children, people, so he can have another flower? Listen, for one thing, We're not flowers when we go to heaven. Can I tell you that? (laughs) I just want to be a tulip in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend eternity being a tulip or a rose or any other thing. We're to rule and reign, and we go to Revelation, and we find out that, that when he comes and we come back with him, And that second coming of the Lord, then he's going to come on the earth for a thousand years and we'll rule and reign on this earth. Go to Revelations, read it in your Bible, amen? Amen. So so I don't know about those people that think they're going to be a, a rose in his bouquet. Because I don't know too many roses that are ruling and reigning. Most of them die. My point is, that's religious. That's, that's based on experience, not on the word of God. You cannot base your belief system on anything but the word of the living God. You can't base it on my experience nor yours. Or Brother Copeland's experience or, or, or uh, Smith Wigglesworth, or the lady down the street. It's got to be based on the word of God. You, if you can't bl- base what you believe in this Bible, then you're believing wrong. Can I tell you that? And listen, there are TV preachers. There's preachers in this town that stand up and they preach something. And they're, they're preaching a doctrine that is based out of experience of other people, but not out of the word of God. But thank God there are some that are preaching out of the word of God. Amen. Thank God for that. I'm certainly not saying that that that's the whole everybody else. I'm certainly not saying that. But I'm telling you, if I get up here and I preach my experience and I say, you need to believe this because this is how it worked with me, then you need to say chapter and verse. You need to require of me. I'm telling you, you do. I'm serious. You need to require of me. To show you in the word of the living God. Where is that? If it's Jonathan Bounds standing up here. Require of him to show you in the word of God. Amen? Because I can tell you how God worked in my life. And it's good, it's Good, you know, it's it helps you know how God can work. Jesus used parables. Jesus used stories, didn't he? Stories aren't wrong, but to base your doctrine, your core beliefs, you can't say God's going to multiply my food because God multiplied brownies' food. No, you have to go to the Word of God. And God says, don't worry what you're going to eat. you got to go to the Word of God when God's multiplied the loaves and the fishes. And when he broke that fish in half and he had a tail in this hand and a head in the, this hand, he had to believe God when he blessed it, what happened? A tail grew on the head and a head grew on the tail. Do you believe that? Do you ever think, how did that happen? Like, we know it happened because God said it happened. How did it happen? God had to do a creative miracle and create another fish here, another fish here, broke those, had another fish here, another fish here. Amen? Now, in the South, (laughs) we had... uh, we had snakes that if you hit them with, with, like, my mama was always taking a garden hoe to them, and she'd hit them and cut them in half. Well, one half would go this way and one half would go the other way. And as a little kid, that just scared you. Now you got two of them, mama, chasing me. But they can, there's some animals that can reproduce well, if an animal, if God created animals to do it, reptiles, insects, don't you think that that's in us? That God can do creative miracles in us? Do you know every cell in your body? Every cell is is going to be, re, every cell that you have is eventually um, renew, uh, reproduced. I'm not sure if that's the right word. But, Your cells have a certain lifespan, and then God gives more cells. That's how it works, amen? So that's why we can have the life of God, and that's why when I pray for people, many times I pray about the cells in their bodies. I speak to every cell to be infused with the power of God, amen? Why? It's because that's what God created in us. That's how he created us, amen? Amen? God created us that way, to reproduce. That's the blessing. What was the blessing when God said, when God blessed Adam, what did he say? What was the blessing? Be fruitful and multiply and have dominion or rule and reign over the earth. That's the blessing that we're supposed to walk in. We're supposed to be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion. Amen? Amen. This church has the blessing of God on it. But if we don't believe for that blessing and believe in that blessing, then we won't partake of the blessing. So God's word to us is be fruitful. In other words, we're supposed to produce fruit, right? Each one of us, right? Doesn't that the scripture say that every every seed produces fruit after its own kind? Right? So if, if I say, I don't feel loved, okay, what am I going to do about that? First of all, forget your feelings, but if you want to be loved, what do you have to do? You so love. Well, no one ever invites me to dinner. Okay, when's the last time you invited someone to dinner? But bottom line, if no one ever invited me to dinner, and if I invited somebody every week, and I was like, I've got like 100 against their zero, does that change anything? If I let it change, then I'm being moved by the flesh, aren't I? I ought to just be rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. I was able to bless that, those people. Thank you, Lord. That it has nothing to do, if I'm doing it out of love, I don't have to be moved by the, the fruit except in the Lord. Amen. So praise the Lord if I want friends. I mean, we teach our children this, don't we? You want friends? What do we say to our children? You want friends? Be friendly. Be a friend. Well, we get grown up and then we start having requirements. If you're going to be my friend, you got to do this. If you're going to be my friend, oh, get over yourself. Amen? I need to get over myself. If I'm putting requirements, if you're going to be my friend, you can't, there again, we act like little kids, you can't be a friend to that person if you're going to be my friend. Well, to rule and reign, we have to get over those things. Amen. Amen. Ruling and reigning. All right. So, if we're going to rule and reign, we're going to have to base what we believe On the word of God, not on our experiences. Because your experiences will water down the word every time. Your experiences will, uh, your experience uh, apart from the word will never build faith. Apart from the word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith doesn't come by hearing your, your greatest testimony. Now, it can build faith if that testimony is based on the word of God. You understand what I'm saying? So, we can't water down the word because things didn't work out the way we wanted to. I'm telling you, it's time, church, that we are stronger in the word than we've ever been. That we just just flat out say, I will not compromise. Because the opportunity to compromise is all around us. The opportunity to give up and quit is all around us. The opportunity to say, I can't do that, is all around us. But God says, yes, you can. The word of the living God says, yes, you can. That you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Amen. We've talked about this when we've been on this series of ruling and reigning. It's we rule and reign in him, through him, not apart from him. Because people who rule and reign apart from Jesus are called dictators. Are called a spirit of uh, control. Isn't that right? You know, people, listen, some people have a spirit of control. And and you wouldn't know it. They act like the most pitiful people in the world. I had had someone that I knew uh, years ago. And, and, uh they control people by being helpless you understand i can't do this can you help me i can't do that can you help me well the lord said they have a spirit of control well it didn't seem because i knew another lady that had spirit of control and this is how she did it you do this you do that you do this you do that you do this now that's a spirit of control i could recognize but he said the other one was a spirit of control, too. She just had a different way, right? It was a controlling by being pitiful or being the victim all the time. That's, listen, that's a spirit of control. And if you find yourself starting to act like that, shake it off. Amen? Shake it off. And for sure, don't let your children be like that. Okay? So, Jesus said he was coming back for a glorious church without spot or blemish. So if he is, then we can't have a church that's watered down because things didn't work out the way we wanted them to. It is a temptation, I guarantee it's a temptation, to water down what we believe because things didn't work out the way we wanted. You ever been tempted to do that? Maybe you were believing God for uh, something... Uh, and, and you really thought, you know, you had your faith out, you thought you were doing it right. And this is the thing is, it, that sometimes what we think are faith failures or not, you know what, we're a lot harder on ourselves than God is on us. He shows us more grace. <laughs> we're not so gracious to ourselves sometimes. So we need to learn to be gracious to ourselves. But, but Jesus said he's come back for a glorious church. Well, a glorious church is not going to be one that's always a victim mentality, right? Poor me. Feel sorry for me. What about me? And maybe this is why, because I was praying over this a message, maybe this is why God started showing me and we had to deal with that spiritual offense before we could get here this morning. Amen? Because we cannot. Accomplish. We cannot rule and reign, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute. There is a there is a progression in the things of God to get where you need to go. You can't just say, "Well, I'm going to be here," and you don't do it God's way. You know, some people. <laughs> it's very common, uh, or used to be very common, especially on the reserves. You know. Somebody gets saved, and it was like, okay, I'm going to be an evangelist. Like, the the night they got saved, they're, they're going to be. And so they'd go out the next week with a guitar and take off. And listen, they weren't no more prepared to be an evangelist than Johnny on the spot down down. You know, it's like they weren't ready. And they put themselves in a position to come under greater attack. Jonathan and I were talking about this. Jonathan and Tricia and I were talking about this. Uh... Uh, in this conference in Toronto uh, we were talking about in the conference they were talking about the fivefold ministry and uh, how God is using all of them but we started talking about the the office of the teacher now God is the one that gives the gifts right I did not call myself to be what I am God called me if I had called myself I would have not I, I had a different thing that I had thought would be a good idea. <laughs> but God called me. God called you. Amen? Everybody has an assignment from God, everybody. But there are people that are called to FIFO ministry. But the pro- here's the problem in these days of technology. The scripture says that if we become teachers, we take upon ourselves a greater responsibility and a greater condemnation. And so we were talking about this we were in the hotel room and we were just talking about what God's doing and what he's saying. And we Jonathan brought this up in that today many people are are teaching and they're they're producing doctrine. Do you know doctrine? Is not supposed to just come from lay people. There there is God's got a a way to do that through his five-fold ministry gifts, amen. But people are producing doctrine and they're becoming teachers by having a blog on the internet. Do you understand? And so they are teaching. Now that doesn't mean we can't share the word of God. That doesn't mean but I'm talking about they're producing doctrine. And they're saying this is what God's saying to the church. Ba-da, 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 ba And they're not, letting, they're not submitting to anybody. They're, 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 they're the island unto themselves. Amen? They don't have anybody that they're accountable to. Listen, I have people I'm accountable to that listen to my messages that if I start getting off, they're going to catch me and say, okay, Brownie, what was that about? <laughs> what were you talking about? And I better be able to show them chapter and verse. I better be able to say, well, this is this is what I believe. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to believe the same thing exactly. But I'm talking about core beliefs. And it's a scary thing to understand now that people have opportunity to produce doctrine just because they've got a blog or they got a Facebook account or they have a Twitter account, or they have, you know, their own website. And what they're doing, and many times they're taking those sites and they're using them to come against the men and women of God, which is very, very, very dangerous. And so what are we in the local church doing? What I'm saying is God speaks to everybody, doesn't he? I mean, if you're born again, the Holy Ghost is going to talk to you, right? But what you do with it, is first of all, when God talks to you, you go and ask Him to show you in the Word. Show me, God. I'm I'm talking about you know <laughs> something that you're not sure of. You go find it in the Word, and you 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 meditate on it. People are just so quick to just this is what God said. Da 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 da. And many times, as God said in Jeremiah, they say I said it, but I didn't say it. <laughs> i can just imagine god standing up there saying that i can just see him but today what i'm my point is through social networking and things that we have available to us, technology people can say god is saying all over the world amen used to you could only get that from the people you were in contact with now you can get it anytime you want i can google in uh say kenneth copeland one of my spiritual fathers. I can Google Kenneth Copeland. Listen, I can read some really horrible things. I can read some good things. But that gets into dangerous territory. So I'm telling you, be cautious what you read, what you give your attention to. And first of all, if you have a foundation in the word, see, this is what what I'm really getting to. To rule and reign. We have to have a foundation in the word of God. Amen. Amen. We have to know. The Bible says that we know whom we have believed. We have to know what we believe. The Bible says that we have an answer for every man. Now that answer, sometimes somebody might come up to me and say, what do you think about this? this?" You know, I remember a guy calling in the middle of the night one night and saying, where did (coughs) uh, Cain get his wife? Will you think I'm going to answer that at 2 o'clock in the morning? I went, I don't know. Of course, David took the phone and explained it to him for the next two and a half hours. <laughs> in the bed with me there. With me going, hang up, hang up, he's drunk, hang up, he's drunk. Well, you see, da-da-da-da-da. Different different personalities, right? (laughs) You're not going to get a good answer from me in the middle of the night on a doctrinal statement. I'll pray for you. But don't call me and ask me a doctrinal issue in the middle of the night. (laughs) But what I'm saying is be careful. Get your core values right. Amen? Jesus said he was coming back for a glorious church. But what did he say about that? Did he say we're supposed to run to the mountains and hide? That's what some Christians think. We should be in a commune and, you know, just us, four, no more type thing. No. What did he say? He he gave the example in uh, Luke 19 about, you know, the talents. He said, occupy or do business till I come. Do business till I come. Don't quit doing what you're doing. Keep doing it. In fact, do it harder and faster. We ought to be winning souls harder and faster because Jesus is coming again. He is coming again. You do know that, right? And we have an opportunity, and we don't know how long that door is open that we can share Jesus with our friends, with our family. We don't know how long that door is open. But I sure don't want to cross that portal one day and see my my uh people that were in my sphere of influence over on the other side headed for hell and me knowing the blood is on my hands i'm not trying to get you scared here i'm just saying thank god we have some time and let's let's be about our father's business amen, amen. praise the lord okay look at james four that was the introduction wow <laughs> i better preach fast Bleah. thank you jesus James 4, verse 6. But he gives a greater grace. There's that that abundance of grace. Now he gives a greater grace, okay? Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Just stop right there. It says, first of all, verse 6, he gives a greater grace. Therefore, because he gives a greater grace, remember when you see the word therefore, what are you supposed to do? See what it's there for, right? Okay, he gives a greater grace. Therefore, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You know, today's society doesn't think too much of humble people, right? They think they're weak. They think they are, are you know, sissies. But God, what what did Jesus say? Jesus said, Matthew 11 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Praise the Lord. You will find rest for your souls. So we see this that it says uh, that God is opposed to the proud. So humility and submission because it says submit yourself unto God. So humility and submission go together right? Said he resists the proud. So what what goes with pride? Pride and rebellion go together. You, if you start getting prideful, you'll start rebelling. Amen? <laughs> this is really good news, guys, really. Because humility is the nature of God, pridefulness is the nature of Satan. So I'm telling you, today society looks up on the, uh, the sin of pride, they think that's a good thing. Now, now, God, it's not wrong to be proud. Like, say, I'm proud of my daughter, or I'm proud of my son. But if I develop that to, I am like, uh, how could I say it? Like, stinky proud. You know, like, that's all I talk about. How wonderful, how you know, blah 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's sort of like at this prayer conference, I was teasing Jonathan because I said to him. On a Thursday night, God told me that Jonathan was going to be on, on the platform. And actually, I didn't tell Jonathan that. I, I had told Trisha that. But I said, God told me that Jonathan's going to be on the platform. Well, God had told Jonathan that day, too. That, and so Jonathan, he had on a nice suit and he looked good. And, and when we were going into the meeting, an old friend of ours, grabbed Jonathan and he said man you look sharp tonight what are you going to be on the platform and I'm thinking (laughs) I'm not going to say anything and Jonathan says well you never know I'm supposed to be ready anytime that's what the word says well anyway he was on the platform Uh, 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 Terry called him up and there, there was some prophecy over him so he was on the platform but God said to me that he is to pray that Jonathan was supposed to pray. So I'm just waiting, and didn't seem to happen. And then the next morning, on on Friday morning, they, um, they had the ministry gifts up there praying for them. And after it's over, we start to leave, and I see that Jonathan is doing a television thing there. So I asked him later, well, what was that? Like, was that an interview? What was it? And he said, no, they asked me to pray. And I said, oh, there, that's that. Because I told Trisha he's supposed to, he'll be on the platform and he's supposed to pray. Now, I didn't, I thought he was going to pray on the platform. But here's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is, I was teasing Jonathan and I said, I could have been like that lady in the Bible. Because Terry said, Brownie, if there's anything you see that needs to be done in the spirit, you have a right to come up here and tell me. I said I was tempted to go up and say, my son (laughs) needs to be on this platform. And my son needs to pray. I was telling John that. Now, I would never do that. But that's how pride can get in, right? Because God tells you something, and you can become prideful that you heard God. Isn't that such an awkward thing? You you become prideful because you heard God? How opposite is that? But many people do. They become prideful. Well, God showed me that. God showed me that. God showed me that. Well, if I'm going to tell you God showed me that, it should not be so that I can say, look how spiritual I am. I already knew that. Because careful, you're going to get in pride. Get in pride, you're going to get in trouble. Pride goes before a fall, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So here's the point. He said, submit therefore, in other words, resist the proud, give grace to the humble, then submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And here's where we're trying to get today. To rule and reign, I have to, as we have found out, we've we've covered this in, about four different sessions already. I have to know I have authority that Jesus gave to me, right? It started in Genesis. He gave it to Adam. Adam lost it. Jesus came back. Read it in Romans 5. You'll read about it. Jesus came back, took back the authority. He gave it to us, right? The authority of the believer. Listen, if you haven't studied the authority of the believer, Brother Hagen has a great book on it. Brother Copeland has a great book on it. Now, those, are, those are foundational teachings. You need to know you have authority. But he said here that we're to submit, therefore, to God and resist the devil. Some people are trying to resist the devil without submitting to God. It doesn't work that way. It also doesn't work if I submit to God, but I refuse to resist the devil. doesn't work. These go together. Submit to God, resist the devil. So when I submit to God... God says, now, Brownie, you the devil's trying to get you into this trap. The devil's trying to do this. You've got to resist him. And I might say, but my flesh likes that chocolate cake. And God's saying, that's chocolate cake. You can't have that, Brownie. Now, I'm not saying it's a sin to eat chocolate cake. That's just an example. God talks to you. He talks to me. Listen, some things, people want God to go, whoa. Do not go here. Sometimes God speaks in a little voice and says, Don't eat that piece of pie. Don't order dessert today. Obviously, you know what God's talking to me about, right? I should shush. (laughs) (laughs) But I want it. I want it, Jesus. But I have to submit to God and resist the devil. The devil is always coming. He doesn't give up. That guy, I remember someone said to Brother Hagan one day, he said, you never say anything bad about anybody, do you? He said, I bet you wouldn't even say anything bad about the devil. Brother Hagan said, well, I could say he's a persistent old fellow. He is persistent. He'll come and come and come. But the Bible says that if we submit to God, see, many times we just say, and I've said it myself, well, resist the devil, he'll flee, resist the devil. But the scripture, let's put it in context, said I have to submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee. He's not going to flee if I'm not submitted to God and resisting. How many of us have misquoted that? Have just said, well, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. I've misquoted that. The scripture says, submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. God's God's got a purpose in putting those all together, right? So, if I'm going to rule and reign over the devil, then I have to submit to God. And listen, submission is a dirty word in our society. It's not politically correct. Right? Oh, when, you know when we do when we do marriage ceremonies and And we use the scriptures out of Ephesians uh, 5 and 6. You know, wives, submit unto your husbands. Well, let me tell you, the unbelieving family members just go. You're not going to say that, are you? Just read the Bible. Well, that's old. might be why we have a whole lot of divorces now before you men get on your little high horse you don't think i'm gonna let you just be free do you she can only submit to you as you love her as christ loved the church amen so we are not created to rule and reign over each other we're supposed to rule and reign over worldly things, over things of this earth, amen? But we're to walk in love, and the Bible says submit one to another. And again, ladies, let me tell you this. The Bible says that we are to obey our husbands not and submit to our husbands. That doesn't mean every woman, you got to submit to every man. That Women have been beat down by that and said, well, you can't. You can't do that because you're a woman. You can't do that. Well, no, 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 no. Listen, uh, many people were witnesses of me being married to David Bounds. I was a submissive wife. And when I wasn't, he told me. (laughs) And I had to repent. Amen? But at the same time, he, he loved me as Christ loved the church. And it's easy to submit to someone that loves you. It is not easy to submit to someone who says, Submit, woman. Oh, my goodness. Men, if you've tried that, as I would say, as Dr. Phil might say, how's that working for you? That doesn't work. But we have to learn submission. Amen? And the church has not... Has not taught it properly, uh, and and the church today is afraid to teach it because it's not politically correct. But listen, I am fr- I am more free as a woman of God than I would ever be as a woman of the world. But the but the world system doesn't see that. They think I'm I am you know in bondage. I'm not in bondage. I am free. I. I told you before, but I was speaking at this big conference in Winnipeg, and uh, they had me on the executive floor in one of the big penthouse things, and David drove all night, well, into the night, with the two babies in the car seat. I mean, they came into this beautiful hotel, one o'clock in the morning, with chocolate milk all down their their, uh, sleepers, you know, those fuzzy sleepers with feet in them. Here they come in, because David had called and said, okay, I'm at a service station. This is before cell phones, by the way. I'm at a service station, and I'm almost at the hotel. I said, I'll come down and meet you, because I'd missed them. I'd been there for a few days. And and because we couldn't afford to fly the whole family, that the people that had me speak had flown me, but we didn't have the money for the family to fly, so he drove from Loon Lake to Winnipeg. So I opened the doors, and here comes my baby's mama, 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 but chocolate milk all over them. And hair like this, and, you know. David, did you think about brushing Liberty's hair? Did that ever occur to you? I was so embarrassed. But anyway, we got him up to the room. Well, the next morning, I mean, they had been up. He had been driving all that time straight from, Winni- you know, from Loon Lake to Winnipeg. And so the next morning, in the executive floors of these hotels they have breakfast just for those people on those floors, and so they have a nice breakfast for you, and so I went down to get David's coffee and breakfast, and listen, in the hotel, there's big banners, free to be me, guest speaker, brownie Bounds. that's all over the hotels. so I walk in, and my picture's on it, you know, and I walk in this executive breakfast area, and this guy's there, this businessman, and He said, oh, I I, uh, see, I see you're getting breakfast. And I said, oh, no, this is for my husband. (laughs) He said, aren't you the woman on the banners?" Yes. I thought you were free. I am. I'm free to get breakfast for my husband. (laughs) Well, he thought that's a contradiction of terms. Like, if you're free, why are you having to bring him coffee? Why isn't he bringing you coffee? For one thing, I don't drink coffee, but I'm free to be a wife and take care of my husband. Amen? Amen? Well, we're free to live for Jesus and submit to God and resist the devil. And then the devil will flee. But I can be, I can submit to God, but I refuse to resist the devil when temptation comes. I just do it then am I really submitted to God? Not really. So we have to understand that we are to rule and reign over the devil. He is not to rule and reign over us, but he thinks he can do that. But he can't. He can't do that. He can't do that. So, last week I talked to you, and we covered this about kings. How do kings, the Bible says in Revelations, that we are to rule and Reign as kings on this earth, right? So how do kings rule? Anybody know? What do we say? They rule with words, decrees, declarations, right? That's how a king rules. A king doesn't rule by going out in the land and beating the people with a whip, right? They write, they speak, it's written down, and that's the the law. Right? Never got you. You're on the same page? Well, in the same way... We rule and reign with our words. And so if our words don't line up with the word of God, then we cannot rule and reign. I cannot rule and reign in life by quoting Benjamin Franklin. My mother used to quote Benjamin Franklin and tell us it was in the Bible. A penny saved is a penny earned. That's in the Bible. They didn't have pennies in the Bible. That's Benjamin. People quote things and they say that's in the Bible. Oh, one guy one time just argued with us like this is in the Bible. No, it's not. It was a story he made up. But he had told it so many times that he thought it was right. <laughs> it was like the Trojan horse. He had this whole story and he was going to he was going to preach it as the offering message, Eric, that night at a big convention. So he couldn't find it he couldn't find it in his Bible. This is before we had our computers that were you know, all this. So he, it's in the afternoon, and he calls our, our, our room, and he, he knows David is like the walking Bible, he says. So David, where is it in the scriptures where the children of God, you know, they, they were in, this, they were in a, this wall sitting, you know, and, and they were captured, and anyway, God sent in a, a, a cow or whatever. I can't remember what it was. David said, that's not in the Bible. Yes, it is. No, that sounds like the Trojan horse. No, it's in the Bible. He just would not, David kept saying, no, it's not in the Bible. Oh, David, you must have forgot this one because I know I've read it. I know it's in the Bible. David said, don't you preach that tonight. It's not in the Bible. So what happened? We go to church that night to this big convention. A guy gets up and he's supposed to do the offering. He said, well, I can't tell you where it is in the Bible but I I know this is in the Bible. Even David Bounds doesn't know this, but it is in the Bible. He went ahead and preached from something in his head. We, We cannot be moved by fables, old wives' tales, superstitions, culture. We have to live by the word of God. Amen? Amen? I come from a different culture than some of you guys. Some of you come from a different culture than most of the people here. But when our culture hits against the word of God, guess which one's going to have to bow? The culture. My culture celebrated Halloween. The church had Halloween parties. Halloween was a big deal. But when I got born again, the word of God that said to resist evil and to to expose it to the light hit against that thing. So if I wasn't going to submit to God, I would have said, well, it's okay. It's just, you know, just make the kids happy. See, I'd water down it because of my experience. I'd water down what was in the Word of God to make society happy so that people wouldn't think I was a bad mother. Listen, some people think you're a bad mother that you don't let your children celebrate Halloween. Somebody's got to give. Something's got to give. So you're either going to bow to that spirit or you're going to stand up strong and say, praise the Lord, we're free. We're free. I don't do that anymore. I did that when I didn't know better, but I know better now. I'm not doing that anymore, and I won't expose my children to that. And by the way, we will have a hallelujah party, and our kids will get candy. And But see, the world thinks you were just being so mean. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. What matters is what God thinks. And do you think God's really into these... Drive down the street and you see jack-o'-lanterns and you see skulls hanging on. Do you think God goes, Whoa, I am so proud of this people. No, it's an abomination to God. So why do I participate? I won't. You'll have to make up your mind for that. I can't tell you not to. I'd, I'd highly... I'd highly suggest that you just read the Word. We'll have some tracts out there for you that will give you some scripture on it. You'll have to make up your mind because if you just do it because someone tells you not to do it, then you're not convinced in your heart and you will crumble at some point. You need to be convinced in your heart what's right. But don't let the world tell you what to do. Women, don't let the world tell you how to dress. Men, don't let the world tell you what a real man's like. Let the word of God tell you. Amen? Let's, let's be like Jesus. Let's be true Christians. And the devil will have no place. The Bible says give him no place. Amen?